Oops, wait, shit. How do I? Sorry. Anyways. Did everybody do the reading? Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you done your homework? I just did. Oh, except for Happy Cats didn't. That's okay. It's fine. Oh, yeah. What a loser. Last what a week... fake intellectual. Let's start having tests so only intellectuals can get into our no, conversation. It would be fun though. It would be fun though to have a little reading quiz, and not even just like for any purpose, but just because reading quizzes are fun. Like I don't know. They are. <laughs> Wait, they are. Wait, they're fun. What? I don't know. I don't we should, know. We should do that. We should do that for the meeting. Yeah, can we please? That would be so fun. Like if I know. It, if you make it, you don't need to ask permission. That could be and quite you can fun. Kick people from the wait, wait, wait. Stuff. Holy shit! Do we have more people? I think so. I think it's increased, yeah. That's oh, cool. yeah, I think yeah. we get more people. I also Yo, think well, the reading well, is better this week, so... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I do. That's, true too. <laughs> <laughs> that's certainly um, the case. I mean, it was, like, half as long, so... Yeah, and also just half more... Half twice as long to read. Yeah, it's just a better text for discussion, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a good option. I'm glad we went with it. I was the one who suggested it. Just saying. <laughs> good, good for you. Yes, very good for me. Ooh. So, um, I have no idea where to start. Oh wait, wait, weren't we supposed to record? Somebody was. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah, I started recording once uh, when I got in the call. No worries. Okay. Awesome. So I missed. Yeah, I missed a little bit of the discussion on intellectualism, but um, I don't think that's <laughs> well, the main call. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and stop recording then if you'll record it, okay, man? Yeah, gotcha. Wait, why? Why necess- We don't necessarily have to have you stop recording, unless it's like annoying to do, but it's going to have a backup in case blah, blah, blah. That's true. I well, I mean, I already stopped it, but I'll start it back up. I mean, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I was just... It really doesn't. Um, so, uh, who was it? Who else I, was I have no idea where to start with this. Uh, Riemann, yeah. Okay, just... Because your volume is way too loud on my end, so I need to turn you down. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Those okay, with the no Richard worries. Halley, with the Richard Halley role, are the are officially the people reco- in charge of recording the voice chats. Cool. Yeah. Because Richard Halley was <laughs> the composer. He's the best musician in the world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. so I'm going to be honest with people who haven't been here. The only rules are uh, don't talk over people too hard. Like, it'll be sometimes necessary because there's delay in voice chat, but, like, don't do it too hard. And also don't have your mic on while eating, and we should all be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, Actually, just don't eat rules? at all, like, ever. That, that's the real rule. <laughs> I mean, just if you don't. want to just be annoying for, for a few seconds, I mean, maybe. If you want to be annoying for a few seconds, that's fine, but you will be banned. <laughs> no, there are no formal rules. It's entirely up to our discretion. Yes. So do with that information what you will. Yes. In are, his discretion, if we don't like you, you, you will be removed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, um. formal rules create situations where nobody likes someone, but they still don't get removed. Which is yeah, I don't like yeah. formal rules. I just That's like. Fair. It's a I small like, enough group we can realistically yeah. just. I like I like formal we, rules if yeah. other people, like, are committed to following them. So then I know that if I do something, then I definitely won't get have anything bad happen. Because people are usually terrible with actually creating the rules. Whether or not and whether or not you want to have a system with formal rules is basically determined by whether you expect to have a lot of bad faith actors influencing your system. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's true. I, I think that this is this. I like to believe that this is going to be 
really easy to deal with. So I don't think we need formal rules. I think everybody is here with a genuine interest and as such is probably kind of reasonable a little bit, maybe. Yeah, we went over this last week. Like, you've got to read the text. Yeah. You have to read the text. And, like, realistically, the the group can only get so large anyway. Like, it... It can't get so large that it's unmanageable without strict rules because we have a limit. Like because it's a conversation, we can only have so many yeah. people in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, guys, um, do we want to dive in? Sure. Um, what How? is it like? Yes. How? Like, what? where do you start? Um, Who wants to try to describe what it's like to be a bat? <laughs> Um, well, it's I like think... a human, but with wings and you and sonar. <laughs> well, I think we should sort of maybe start talking about the difference between like how we define like subjective knowledge and objective knowledge, maybe. Um, oh, we were talking about oh, right? Yeah, yes, we were. Um, if anybody has any thoughts on that, or much more thoughts than I already said yesterday. Well, I don't remember what was said. I, yeah, likewise. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I always think of what I'm saying spontaneously in the moment. It may or may not agree with what I have said before. So there's nothing wrong with going through an argument again. That's really. I didn't read anything. Wasn't like talking about like the uh, common definition of objectivism that's commonly used in like yeah. informal discussion. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was saying that I didn't, just looking at it from a purely descriptive perspective of watching people use the word around me, I don't think that, it, it, it like, it's almost referring to something that's outside of your own experience, even though that's how people talk about it, it's not really what people mean, and it, at least if it is, there will be a ton of contradictions, so I'm concluding that it must not be what people mean. And, yeah. Well, what, what, what it seems to me that when people talk about objective truth or something that's objectively true, what they're trying to basically say is actually true. I know I, I did yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and so, so like, it's like sort of... Two observers is what, like, not just to, like, one person. Yeah, it's, like, true for everybody no matter what or, like, how... Th- but but I, I think that I do not like that at all. I mean, I think I think of objective and subjective. And yet again, I guess I am reiterating what I said before. Um, there are different methods of gaining knowledge. So subjective is gaining knowledge just from like one. It's 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 uniquely from one point of view. Whereas objective is gaining knowledge by synthesizing a bunch of diverse points of view. And and so what that means is not neither are inherently more true by that, but it's just that. It's we've seen that knowledge gained through an objective method seems to be more predictive of the future and more yeah, useful. Tends to be more useful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but where subjective information can be useful for understanding like an individual, but really isn't useful for predicting much outside of that individual. Yeah, I think it's worth remembering that somebody's subjective experience of reality is still objectively true in a sense. Uh, oh my god. Don't say Only that. in the okay. sense that it represented okay. that it somewhat objectively represents their state. We're kind of, yeah, we're no, kind of talking about what we mean by it's objective. It's a portrayal of what's yeah. really there, I think. It's not yeah, really what's there. 
but it's how that person interprets the reality. There is an observation across perspectives that each person has an internal experience of reality, um, or at least least says they do, right? Oh no! Yeah, realistically, there's that... only one. Uh, realistically, we only have one observation of uh, of you know that subjective inner inner world for anyone, and uh, that's yeah. for ourselves. How does everyone here feel about pee zombies? <laughs> what? Uh, what? I, I love them as a concept. They're hilarious to me because they're so stupid. Okay, okay. Um, let me give the quick introduction to this. Pee zombies are the philosophical idea that there are people. Who you would think are just people, oh, oh, this them, thing. except they don't have any internal experience at all. They don't. Wait. There is nothing that it's like to be yeah. them. Basically, no the way it's the way it's usually phrased is: imagine an alternate world, an alternate Earth that's exactly like ours, and everyone ex- acts exactly the same, except there is no. Uh, they have no subjective experience. There is no inner world. I, that's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. I mean, I because I mean, it just doesn't have any useful uh, things you can take out of it. Okay. You think when so somebody think acts that's... like a human, it necessarily has something, like uh, some kind of conscious in the way we mm-hmm. think of. I think that's you might be having. able to. You might be able to theoretically simulate the actions of a human without having that internal experience, like with a machine. Um, oh. But um, if you were um, to uh, properly simulate the human, I think you would probably end up with something that has uh, uh, an inner. I would like to turn your attention to the text, uh, the notes, uh, 11. And so I guess it's on page, like the actual written, like the page notated on the actual thing is 445. I don't know. 12. Okay, yeah. Um, but, he, but he says, like, he's talking actually about, um, about kind of about this, about whether you could have like a theoretical machine that could simulate, you know, mm-hmm someone with a subjective experience but not actually having one. And he says, like, it's possible um, that it could be necessarily true that a certain physical state felt a certain way. And I yeah. like that a lot because I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I sort of, I sort of, I, I have no empirical justification for this belief. Um, but I, I do sort of think, uh, I, I'd like to think of consciousness or subjective experience as just a universal property of, like, everything that exists in, you know, um, and, and so, like, a, anything that seems sentient would probably have this kind of experience that I, we, we have. Yeah, we I think you mentioned that. earlier, although I don't remember exactly where, that, like, when he was talking about, um, about, like, an artificial mind, uh, that, that that would be, like, that that might be the case. Um, that, for instance, like, a, if you were to, I, actually, that's basically where my point came from, actually, which is basically if, if you were to, uh, to, uh, properly simulate a human, it might it might just be that that would arise. In, like, yeah, maybe that's what I actually meant. I, I, I really like yeah. this. I really like this idea of certain states creating an experience of what it's like to be a certain way. Hmm. Uh, that's a really weird word to word. I really like that idea though because it also implies the possibility, at least, that you could have a set of states which produces the same output, but it, but it's so different in its internal mechanisms that there's nothing that's like to be that thing, which I think lines up with my intuition. That those two things are not alike uh, as the... Uh, yeah, so yeah, you could... The, the experience like, of being like those things is not the same. Have, yeah, you could have something that 
acts like a human but has no internal experience by simply figuring out what a human would do in that situation without simulating it somehow. Hmm. But you, if that's possible. But um, in that case... That's probably possible. Yeah, that's probably possible. And in that case, there would be nothing that's like be the machine that's figuring out what a human would say, but it would still create the same outputs. Hmm. Although it wouldn't create the same exact outputs as, a, as uh, like, it wouldn't be an exact copy of a person's, like, you couldn't put it well, to the exact same situation, but it would produce, yeah, it would probably produce outputs that are at well, least enough alike, alike human outputs that you wouldn't be able to distinguish them. Well, yeah, it's worth remembering that there's two parts to the outputs that something puts out, right? Um, there are the, there's like the abstract model of a living being as an IO machine, as an input-output machine. Hmm. Um, and then there's like, the output that is put out by the light hitting its brain cells when you slice it in half, right? Um, and that is part of the output of a human. And if you have something with different internal state that gives the same output in terms of an input-output machine, then it'll still have different output when you slice it open. I'm not sure that I 100% completely followed that. No, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I, I, I think it's just useful to think about... It's useful to think about the state, the, the actual state of something which is invisible to you as a potential part of its output. Does that make sense? Well, do you... Okay, so, for, so let me... This might be completely... Because also, I sometimes I get sidetracked and don't listen to every single word by accident, I'm sorry. Um, but um, thinking, like, what if you made a copy of a person's brain and put it into a computer? And so, like, everything that, like, you would talk, like, so we would be in two separate rooms, like, me and a copy of me in the other room. And, like, you say the exact same things, like, the exact same, like, maybe, like, you put a, a little, like, text prompt or whatever in front of the computer, in front of me to, like, say some words. And the response, like, the actual response, like, that verbal response we would give between me and the computer would be identical. But you could say that are the subjective experiences of each of us, like, the same or different? Um, even if we have the exact same, maybe, like, thought processes or output. Uh, I would say I, that I would know. definitely be the case, right? Like, I mean, even, yeah. if, even yeah. if it was literally your brain hooked up to the computer with the same inputs and outputs, the experience would be different than the experience you would have sitting in that room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that part of whether or not you believe two things to be the same thing? Or, or a func part of that is a function of how much information you have about them. Does that make hmm. sense? What is that? No, it doesn't make sense to me. What do you mean by that? Oh, really? Um, okay, so say that you have... Say that you just have a box, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a box number two. You have a box number one and a box number two. Um, you take the box number one, you put a number into it on a panel. And then on the other side, it outputs like that number plus one. And then you notice that box number two has exactly the same behavior. Okay? You may, you may suppose that these two boxes are exactly the same. You may try to gather more information about them by figuring out if the numbers appear at exactly the same speed, that kind of thing. Making sure that there are no discrepancies between the, the outputs. And so you may come to the conclusion that they're exactly the same. And then you cut them open, 
and one and box one is the obvious way of implementing this. And box two is a gargantuan mess. So what I'm saying is that whether or not you believe two things to be identical is a function of how much information you have about those okay. things. Okay, I see. Oh, that makes well. Th- I I would say it isn't because you don't. You never know that you have all the information. Yeah. Well, that's actually, really you know, it's like, right? it's like, are you guys familiar with the chaos theory? Its applications in math. No, yeah. a little no. bit. A little no. bit, yeah. So, like, it's, um, it kind of has to do with fractals. You know how you can, like, zoom in on them infinite, and it's, yeah. like, it's, like, new, unique, noticeable patterns? Yeah. Possible to have, like, a 100% accurate measurement device? You're always approximating at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you, if you were to do this with a fractal, right, it would cut off at different points and give you a very ridiculously different result if you're, like, point zero 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 one off, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. So if we believe that this also follows into real life, then it would be impossible to prove two things as equal because just a tiny difference should throw it completely off. Yeah, you're right. I suppose I, um... I should have said that. I, I suppose I should have said that the impression that two things are equivalent mm-hmm. is a function of how much information you have about them. Yeah, yeah. too. I uh, actually, uh, uh, my favorite example of, of that sort of thing in chaos theory is with the um, I forgot what they're called, but those pendulums that are basically just two like oh double pendulums yeah double pendulums uh, yeah because because even like because you can simulate them in computers and like even slight differences in implementation will completely change how they work like even just like running it on a different type of processor which you wouldn't right. expect to make any difference at all completely changes it which I think is really interesting. Example of that. It's just wild. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's interesting how there are things where the overall output after a certain period of time cha- has the potential to change, like with infinite granularity. Yeah, and fucking. Especially... I feel like we're a little off topic though. <laughs> um, it's it's I I think it's related. I don't. As do I. It's a little off topic because it's not about the book, but it's about the ideas that were in it. Yeah, fair. I do feel like we're kind of still on the subject of epistemology here, and um, I think I'd put in chat at some point. Philosophy of mind and epistemology are basically intractable from each other. Yep. I'll agree with that. I feel like most good philosophy ends up being, ends up going to epistemology at some point. Yeah, you're right. A lot of it does. Yeah, yeah. Which I like epistemology, so that's fine. But <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be, it's hard to be like in philosophy and not <laughs> and not like, like epistemology. And have a huge disdain. For, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there are philosophers who were. Although I can't think of them off the top of my head. I have a question. Um, a discussion question. Um, do you think that experience, like, has an objective character? Like, can it be objective? I mean, because it's like he, like, he has, like, on, on page 100, or 443, in the third, or the last paragraph or whatever, it says, like, it is difficult to understand what could be meant by the objective character of an experience, apart from the particular point of view from which its subject apprehends it. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's, like, um, it seems to me it's sort of like you can never have the objective character of a subjective experience because they're just 
like opposites. I don't know. I mean, you could have like the objective, like the the physical facts that that result in that in that subjective experience. I suppose would be like the closest thing yeah. I would consider to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, but like, but like, it's true. The experience itself stays subjective. Yeah. If if it's just a semantics game, like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if. <laughs> Like, assuming physicalism is true, right? Like, I don't know if that's a worthwhile assumption. But, uh, if it is true, then the, the subject arises from things which have objective character. Which means that there must be some kind of objective character of experience, right? Like, in some sense. Wait. Objective character of experience? What do you mean by that? I'm... I, I I guess what I'm trying to say is that um I hate this. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I wrote out I wrote out my own gobbledygook because I can't I can't read anything without having a long thought out my own fucking weird ass take on it. Yeah. I wrote I that, down that at one point. I wrote that down here, and you know what? Uh, it is hard. It is really hard. This this stuff is so hard to talk about it. I had to rewrite sentences so many times. <laughs> They're still yeah. not gonna make sense. It's okay. <laughs> and like I think I think me personally, I think everybody here too is okay if you need to take a second to like think things out before speaking, yeah, like sure. that's fine. Like yeah. well, don't well, need honestly, to... honestly I think that what do I mean by objective character of experience? That is the question. That that is the question that needs answered. Well, I would argue there is no objective character of experience. Um, experience is always subjective because it's always from your point of view. What's subjective is like through your experience, you might hear other people say things and corroborate things you've seen, and like that knowledge comes not from your own like direct experience, but from your synthesis of other people's experiences, and that's and that's subjectivity. Are, are we assuming those two things are mutually exclusive? Oh, sorry. I'm, I am. You cut out. Uh, I mean, okay. I assume that you, subject, subjectivity and objectivity are just like opposite ways of understanding things. I guess, maybe. Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think they really are. Well, I don't I think, I, yeah. I, 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 may have... I think subjectivity is purely how you see and interpret objectivity. Like, objectivity is something that exists, but we can't really know wh what it's like. We just interpret it in a way so that our minds can understand it. Like, we don't have full vision. We only have the visible spectrum. We don't see UV light, but it's still there. So oh. our minds have kind of yeah evolved to interpret the facts about objectivity that are useful to us. Well, I, I think I just want to be clear when I say objective, I, I am referring specifically to like the method of gaining knowledge like that comes from multiple points of view and not just your own point of view. We're still referring um, to the map, not the territory. And I, I'm not saying I'm like object. I don't like saying like that's objectively true means like it's actually true. Like I don't like using objective as a description of how things actually are because sure, when you yeah. come to things by aggregating like different points of view, like through the scientific method or what the fuck ever, um, it still might not be actually true. I mean, there are a lot of problems with science. Like just because something is like a well-established theory doesn't mean it's actually true. It still could be totally wrong. Um, 
it's just less likely the more well established. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can't necessarily actually know that that's like exactly uh, how how it is in the real reality. We only have our our like our personal subjective map of it, which may or may not be based on like the mm. observations of many other people and and whatever other data measures. But I have a question: yeah. Wouldn't like the predictive capacity of science mean there's some objectiveness where we? Go nearer. Well, it's to obviously representative in some way of, of reality, but it can't. It doesn't. Yeah. It can't literally one to one be a representation of reality, or, or contain. I don't think it needs to be. Why not? Hmm? Um, I mean, even if we were just going to like with physical, um, for for like actual like basic physical reasons, you literally cannot represent something uh, to that uh, extreme degree uh, in in like. There's, there's too would, much information. You would, you would need as much reality as there is to represent all of reality, right? You literally, there, there literally isn't enough space in reality to represent itself, except in the sense that it already does. Well, that's actually not necessarily true. It could be that reality, reality's information is highly compressible. I suppose but if you if you compress it, then. You're losing information. Well, that's, no, that's not necessarily, yeah. that's A lot not of compression strategies true. don't lose Lossless compression is possible, although I would say that it would be, that realistically you would have to first have a full picture of it before you can start compressing it, and then you still have the same problem. I guess if you were able to compress it in such a way that it were, like, well, were no. to compress I mean, I, I, all of reality as it is, then you would have more space in the outer reality in which to uh, observe it, but that seems... We can't currently do that, at least. <laughs> well, yeah. we're probably never going to be... I would, I would say it's reasonable to able. assume cool. that we lose something, but it's not an absolute truth, you know, that we will yeah. lose something. Mm. Like, it's reasonable to assume, but it's not like a necessity in itself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, so, so theoretically speaking, yeah. we might be able to represent reality through a uh, quote unquote some layer of abstraction in 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 like science or the numbers we use, you know. Well, but we still well, represent I mean, we reality how that. it is. We already do that. Yeah. It's just, not, it's just not a direct representation of reality. Then that's the point. That was the I point. Yeah. We like we can't well, have I don't a direct know. representation of reality. Okay, it depends what you mean with direct. Like. Well, okay. Yeah. I would say an abstraction is, in by almost any definition, not direct, though. I would say it has a well, level no, that's, that's, abstraction. That's, but... that's definitely not true, right? Abstraction can be direct. Like, consider, for instance, a consider a particle moving in a parabolic arc, right? Um, in order to capture all of... Like, like, this is obviously a heavily simplified example compared to reality, right? But, like... Uh, if you wanted to capture all of the information about that particle, then you could you could find out what its positions are at all of the points in time that it exists, right? Yeah. But this is obviously at every point in Yeah. Right. Like like if it's moving in a parabolic arc, all you need is its initial position and a formula to find its position after a certain amount of time and. Presuming that the universe obeys fundamental mathematical laws mm-hmm. that are not... <laughs> presuming that. Presuming that. I mean, that's a big presuming that you're right about the laws it obeys. It might not. It might not. But well, if we're, it does, we're talking about whether or not it's actually possible, so we can assume that yeah. you are actually right about them for this, for this yeah, case. Yeah, but, but the point is that you will... 
the point is that you can... The way reality represents that parabolic arc of the particle might actually be less efficient than a simple formula in a computer and a starting position. Right. Uh, the problem is, I mean... Although that way. might be, I, I would say, like, that plus, like, the complexity of, like, the computer Guys. existing in reality. Sorry, Happy Cats was going to say something. Sorry, I did talk mm -hmm. over Happy Cat. What was up? You, you don't so just have classical around. mechanics and stuff, but you also have, like, um, quantum mechanics that's, uh, that's not... Well, you uh, don't have both, realistically. Yeah, I mean, no, that... If, if I'm going to be honest with you, that shit's probably intractable. They, I don't think they're okay. Yeah. We're talking, like, highly theoretically, like, is this even, like, theoretically possible? It's probably not literally possible, whether or not... Were, were, you, were you finished? But if that was true with the parabola, um, then you could just take the starting condition um, from, like, a second after the Big Bang and say, that's the rules of the universe, and let it run, and just say, well, that's well. a compression... The starting position and the rules of, of the universe, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the problem with that would be that um, that actually results in a paradox. Because, okay, I'm actually convinced that this is impossible <laughs> for stuff for whatever reason. Um, that actually results in a paradox. Because if you're able to do that, then you're able to predict the future but you can't predict the future if you know the future. That's a paradox. Well, actually, I mean, maybe you can't predict the future. If you're starting from the starting conditions, maybe just computing all that takes uh, takes longer than time passes. Yeah. Perhaps, and also think about it, right? Or Imagine even if, it, or you even had if it's a faster, even if it's faster than uh, that, maybe you will like reach the heat death of the universe before you before you catch up, even though you could catch up. Right, like it's not necessarily. Sorry, I yeah. interrupted you though. What is this yeah, so... going? That's a great question. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, who knows? Is there anyone who is there anyone who disagrees with the thrust of the text? What is the thrust of the text? What didn't you um, read? I did. I'm just asking. People think it is. Honestly, yeah, I, think, I, I actually just True. think that the main thrust of the text is. Physicalism as a theory of mind is underdeveloped. <laughs> sure. Uh, I, would say physical, I, guess, I would say that physicalism doesn't even have a theory of mind, really. I mean, like... It, well, no, that's not fair. It does. It's just not... Yeah. No, I agree with that, then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does... It is... Yeah, the author is putting forth a consideration that they believe hasn't been sufficiently considered by those who have tried to put forward physicalist theories of mind. Mm. Yeah, and that seems like a yeah. fair assessment. I agree with that. Yeah, and I guess I would say that physicalism that... is the only one that's going to like is the only framework that's going to eventually to ever possibly lead to an accurate theory of mind, um, at least of anything of any grouping. That currently exists, but like yeah, okay. Let, let's start with this. Is anybody here? Oh yeah, is anybody, anybody here not a physicalist? Yeah, is there? Does anybody here believe that there's a possibility somehow that physicalism isn't the correct explanation eventually? Wait, I, is anyone here? Anybody not a physicalist? Maybe, but what do you mean by physicalism? Is it reasonable okay, okay. to assume? Oh yeah, we should probably define terms, huh? Yes. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
a, a physicalist is a person who believes that the subjective character of experience is solely something that arises from physical phenomena. Well, in this case, that would be like a specifically in terms of mental physicalism. Physicalism in general is the idea that uh, that like everything that exists in reality exists in the physical realm, and there is no like there's no dualistic nature of reality. There's no like other dimension or something. Everything that is real is in our reality. Um, that's not to, that's well, not to say that. Where else could real things be if well, not in reality? So I'm just I'm not sure. I might be. No talking about something different but i mean the way i i sort of think about things is that you know our sort of conscious experience or mental whatever is sort of just like a side effect of like all the shit that's going on in the physical mm. world and it it's not like our mental processes themselves have any direct cause or uh, uh, effect on things like when i think mm. Like, I, I have the experience of thinking, I'm going to eat some cheese. It's That is not what causes me to eat cheese. It's actually, yeah. like, neurons firing in my brain that have led to this cascade of behavior. But, like, the, the, the experience of it happens alongside of it as, like, just, mm-hmm. you know, noise, maybe. I, I don't know. Okay, so I should, I should try to put this yeah. forward. Because I do have an understanding of how a non-physicalist would approach the theory of mind. Or a theory of mind. Um, so the idea would be that the interactions... Uh, so th- this is an idea which is basically like one-way interactionism. Uh, like, old-school old interactionism was the belief that there is some other dimension of reality which has as of yet been undetected, where the mind exists, um, and that this part of reality is affected by our reality and that it affects our reality back. And this one has been pretty. Wait, is this like the heart mind body dualism? Or well, it's certainly yeah, a kind of dualism like, at the very least. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. And uh, and like this is also like kind of where souls come from. And it's kind of it's kind of bullshit because it's pretty <laughs> good. We found, we, we found no measurement of some other plane of reality it's affecting so, our own. Yes. But I can uh, only ass- sorry that- just to clarify. I-, I can only assume that this isn't the case. But is anyone here like a proper like dualist? Because no, I wouldn't. I, mean, I, don't I, don't think so. no. I don't think so. You'll okay. probably get reamed if you say yes, but it'll be fun for everyone. Yeah, I, 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 it's I, more I mean, fun when people disagree. It's way yeah. more fun. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. For um, obvious reasons, dualism so wants, gets wants less to, and less popular all the time. It. Those reasons being yeah. Yeah. why. Um. <laughs> but there is there is a tractable theory of mind, which is one, a one-way interaction theory, which is that our conscious minds, but yeah. not our brains, exist in some sort of yeah. alternate part of reality, which is affected by what goes on in our brain. But doesn't or, affect it. Yeah, but doesn't affect it back. Yeah. So there that, are also like, physicalist like, theories that, that po- propose the same thing, actually, that the conscious part actually has no control and is just a, an experience. Yeah. Weird. And simply has the illusion of it's it. It's just justifying well, everything. Wait, is that what after. I was kind of saying? The yeah. like, conscious mind just has the experience and the illusion of causing things, but it's not directly... I don't know if you actually I said that, but I, I believe that you that you think that at the very least. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you said what it. You but. said if you expanded on what you said earlier, that does seem like yeah. a logical conclusion. Yeah, it seems like a logical yeah. conclusion, although I don't think you actually said it directly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I think, because I guess I think of... The conscious experience, like I, I already said this, but like as just noise, 
of our mm. physical bodies moving around, basically. I mean, that's a metaphor, but I think yeah. I think the, the the theory that our body does what it wants to do and our quote unquote consciousness is like the, the rider on a horse. And the horse does whatever it wants, but the rider says, "Yeah, yeah, I wanted it to go left. Yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. it to go right." It just justifies everything after it it has been done, or after the decision well, has already been made it. on a biological level. You know, I wouldn't say it justifies it. I would say realistically, the the part of our mind that is that is um, responsible for making those decisions mm -hmm. just like tells our like the consciousness that it's thinking of doing those things, right? Like. And that, and we experience that as though we are, uh, like, actually thinking about doing those things and deciding to do them. Right. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not sure if there's any um, actual, like, real external difference between the two. Yeah, I don't... Well, actually, that's not true. There is a difference, and that's that yeah. realistically uh, people will, like, you can predict in very basic circumstances currently, like, what people will actually think of doing before they are mm. aware that they have thought of doing it. So I suppose there is an external validation of that. Though I can't remember what study that was from. Wait. Uh, you, you can predict someone's behavior? What does that show? I'm pretty sure it's uh, that, you can, that you can predict people's behavior in very specific, like, basic circumstances. Um, before they actually are consciously aware of having decided to do the thing. Uh, I mean, based on yeah. what? Like, based on their previous behavior, or based no, on, No, like... based on, no, based on, like, other parts of their brain. Isn't, um, isn't that, like, what, what, like, hypnotists do? Like, like, magician uh, hypnotist, Like, this whole thing? I don't... If you know what I mean, like... <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Um, I, I don't. Okay. I don't know if I know what you mean, it's, and I certainly don't know if that. Like for example, for, for example, predict what number you're thinking of. You know, shit like that, and they influence you oh, through, through, um, through their behavior. And it's like it seems like you made the conscious choice, but they they predict oh, it with a very. Um, as in, as in the illusion like, of choice. Um, I don't think yeah, that's quite that really the same thing. That they are in that case certainly affecting. Well, in in yeah. a case like that, they might be affecting what you're doing. I'm not yeah, sure. If, I'm not sure if tricks like that actually work, but assuming they do. Um, and they're not always just uh, uh, some sort of other other trick. Um, also, I really don't like, like, because you said like the illusion of choice, like because we're just, you know, our conscious experience is just along for the ride, and it feels like we're choosing, but we're not. I don't like that. Um, well, I mean, I guess. I mean, you, you do. I mean. In a sense, you do have the choice. It's just that sort of a different part of you is making the choice <laughs> than is experiencing. Not even, I don't like the this idea separation. The separation, like it's not like um, you know, the noise of our experiencing our bodies moving around and our brains thinking is just like it's not. Um, I I don't know where I was going, but I mean, it's just like they're one. They're kind of like one and the same, like. It's not, um, I mean, it's just our experience of our brain making the decision. Um, it's, it's, it's not like a separate phenomenon. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, it is our experience of our brain making the decision. It's just that the part that is experiencing is not the part that is making the decision. Well, but, um, yeah, uh, I believe there is definitely a separation between experience and choice. Yeah, they're definitely not the same thing. Can, like, like, uh, 
choice, the, the feeling of choice is part of the feeling of experience. If that makes sense. Mm. You can have that separation and still say that you do have choice. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not like you don't have choice. It's like the it's like those people who think that uh, that any type of materialism means that you don't that you don't have or or determinism means that you don't have a choice just because the choice is is occurring within the uh, the system that explains it. Chuck, is it really it runs. This vitally depends on what you mean by choice. <laughs> yeah, right. that's that's fair. Um, yeah, if you mean that like choice in the fucking in the libertarian free will or the you you have like exact like you can do anything you're physical That's... yeah i um, i'm explaining that poorly actually Shit. well i mean i think um <coughs> and the, the way i think about i guess like what it means to have quote-unquote free will or the ability to choose is more like you have a preference for one thing over for for one thing in a given set of options and like it feels like you 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 choose that thing, that single option out of the other option. Like that's yeah, like I, the experience. Yeah, it's like I, an experience. Free will is an experience. Yeah, it, it's the experience of the selection process. I think. I agree. Um, and and certainly this doesn't mean this doesn't mean that um, this doesn't. Oh God, I can't talk. Um, <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't mean that there's some sort of like abstract special free will that humans have, we're still bound to physical laws and don't really have a way to affect that, right? But what's important is that we have mechanisms for taking a wide variety of possible paths which are available to us and selecting a single one, which I think is a reasonable meaning of what free will is, while also being deterministic, or at least um, quantum deterministic in the way that it's still kind of deterministic, but it's not completely, but you can't affect it anyway, so it doesn't matter for this question. Yeah. And and um, quantum shit gets into whether or not you believe in the many worlds interpretation or not as well, and there, there's all sorts of shit. Yeah, but whatever. We don't need we to get into quantum shit that. for our yeah. discussion on this, at least not yet. Well, okay, okay. Does, does quantum physics influence our, our like normal physics, like on a direct way? Well, it's it's it unpredictable in a sense. It, does. it, it is. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, I mean, what it, so it also makes it, it unpredictable in a sense. Mm. Yeah. At least what do you mean by what do you mean by it affects our real physics, though? It is our real physics. The quantum physics above does the have quantum on the, level, uh, on the higher level, like the non-quantum. So yeah. classical mechanics, then. Yeah. That's yeah. Quantum physics does, does have effects on our higher level uh, interpretations of, of what's actually happening. So, yes. Does, in it what does sense? Well, well, yeah, I, I, would, I would agree that, that phrasing it as uh, does quantum physics affect regular physics is a really bad way of putting it. There, there are all sorts of like large-scale phenomena which can only be understood with quantum physics. Hmm. But if it does play a role there, then completely predict to its entirety. Sorry, because can you, can you, you're, you're being a little quiet. I'm, I'm I also quiet. think you might be cutting in and out a bit, Happy. Oh yeah, that might be it. Like, I think it makes a vital difference whether or not quantum physics plays a role in things, because quantum physics can't be predictable like 
deterministic? Um, well, hmm? predictable and deterministic are different, right? Like, just because we can't realistically predict something doesn't mean that it doesn't follow a set of rules that could theoretically be be predictable, at least externally from them. Oh, yes, but I would say if you can predict something, that means it is deterministic. Yes. If you can predict something, it is deterministic, but the reverse is not necessarily true. If you can but predict in quantum physics, you just have 50% chance this happens, or 50% chance this happens, or Well, that, that's our experience of it from our rather subjective, internal-to-the-system perspective. Many scientists that mean that's how it actually works. Yeah. Someone said many scientists, what, what? Yeah. Think I, they're still more defined. Still more defined, right, yeah. What? Still more defined. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't say it because they uh, keep interrupting me by repeating me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to repeat you because nobody else is, is hearing you. Cause you're, you're I'll repeat myself. Okay, repeat yourself. Just talk slightly louder. <laughs> uh, many scientists believe that there is still more to find. Oh, more to find. Oh, I thought you said something was mortifying. <laughs> like, what? Like, the idea that... Uh, yeah, you also could have interpreted that... No, I think we're done. Science is oh. over. Are there, are there any scientists that would believe that there isn't more to find? I mean, that I is the point of science, I suppose right? that is the point of science. I think he means, like, yeah. predict it. I think he means in, like, in terms of predicting uh, quantum uh, quantum phenomena. Yeah. In the oh, internal yeah, world. Totally. Yeah. Like, there's still more levels to go. <laughs> like, there's, there's whole We've got to go deeper. Like, literally. <laughs> um... um if I may change topic a little, uh, would anybody oh, have yeah, a yeah. good explanation of what the mind-body problem actually is? Because I'm not yes. familiar. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably a good thing too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh wait. Oh, Sorry, you I'm mean like? You. So, so who is like going to expect? Wait. I mean, do you mean like an, uh, a theory of how the mind works, or an explanation of the problem okay. overall? The problem. I think he meant. The, the mind oh well, then never mind. Forget. Forget it. Oh. oh, really? Oh. Yeah, no. Well, either is fine. I don't mind. Okay. Uh, well, the mind-body problem is basically the idea that uh, it's mostly a problem with uh, with um, dualism. It's it, that, like, how the mind and body are, like... Actually, I'm going to be bad at explaining this. Never mind. Somebody else can do it. I, I'm going to fuck it up. All right, so if, if the mind... Pure, if, the, if experience... If the feeling of experience arises purely from physical phenomenon, phenomena, how is that possible? And if it doesn't, how is that possible? And nobody really has to answer that. Oh, wait, what is this thing that someone uploaded? Riemann. Oh, yeah, it's just like a... I found this a while ago, and it really helped me understand uh, exactly what the different takes on this problem mean in a very visual way. Which was this? The, uh, which tab? Well, voice text, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, the one I, the one I always have muted in him. Uh. Well, I think this yeah. is just new. Someone just created this. Yeah, yeah, I, I made it just... Okay, know. so monism is the idea that the mind and the body, like, yeah, they're the same thing. 
the same. Like they're part of they're part of the same thing. They're part of the yeah, same. Yeah, but it's like reality. mind. It's like mind yeah. over matter. Mind, I mean not mind. Matter over mind. Sorry. Uh, so, material yeah. or matter and mind being the same. Materialism, materialism is the belief that um, is most common, I think, in most. Yeah. Idealism most is fucking weird, and I don't think I don't know how many people actually believe it. That's fucking, yeah, uh, I was like the Matrix, but literally. I mean, you can yeah. believe idealism and still think it's effectively materialism is like still effectively the best way to describe reality. Even if, like, you think we can only actually know about, you know, our own immaterial experience, if that makes sense. Yo, I just, I didn't even know about non-interactionist dualism, and I'm already thinking about it, and that's a trip. I mean, that's sort of basically <laughs> what, well, no, non-interactionist is that neither affects either, yeah, so that... Yeah, that's literally, that literally means that the starting conditions in one must have, yeah. there must be something. Yeah, there must be a third ca- a third thing causing both, which is really is. I feel like non-interactionist dualism is just sort of like tries. I don't know what the exact term would be. But, try. Yeah, tryism. <laughs> tryism. <laughs> so so there, must, there has to be a third. Well, because like even if it's just the initial conditions, it would be the third things because there can't be literally nothing causing both of them to be why not the same, to reflect each other. Why not? Why does there have to be a third thing? Hmm? Um, Why would there have to be a third thing there? It doesn't have to be. It could just be they happen to just coincide. It just happen. I suppose so. It's just that that doesn't work. (laughs) Well, no. Why doesn't it work? But I suppose, I suppose, as a theory, that's that's a valid thing to have as a theory. It's just a bad theory. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm gonna be honest, though. Right? There definitely is some sort of correlation. There's no cause. There, it's impossible yeah. to prove if yeah, they, you can't necessarily causal, prove right? where the causal link is. Yeah, um, and if sense, since and if we're in the physical realm, and it's apparently in this theory completely separate from the mental realm that apparently exists. Yeah, it's impossible I, for there to be two things that have a causal relationship, but no, not a causal, sorry, a correlation between them, without there being a third thing that causes both, or yeah, potentially without there being more some causal things. link somewhere in there. Yes. Okay. Okay. There is. There is actually an argument for non-interaction dualism, which I'm, which I've thought of now. Okay. Okay. So the, the argument goes as such. First off, let's start with the presumption, which is not particularly great. That, <laughs> okay. That, that's how a lot of these things go. <laughs> at, the start, at the starting conditions for, let's say that there's a plane on which minds can exist, and there is a plane on which objects exist, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, By plane, you mean plane of reality, yes, not like airplane. A, not an airplane. Yeah. yeah, I think I think realistically, this this works way better if you imagine them as airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, I don't. I don't really know what plane of yeah. reality is. Okay, so fucking a plane of reality would be like um, a part, a, a place which is real but is completely separate or hard to access from our reality. Yeah. Like a physical a, location. In dualism, in like, dualism, like, I, I would say, our, our I would say, like a reality would kind be of one level. plane, and the mental reality would be another. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're just different definitions of what reality is. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Code yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, say that you have both of those, and say that for for whatever reason, the starting conditions 
for these realities are actually very simple. Okay? This is the mm. bad assumption. But if you assume this, then, like, relatively simple at least, then you can use the anthropic principle, which is that there needs to be a mind to consider why it exists. If there is no mind, then it can't wonder why it exists. So, let's say also that in, the, in both of these realities, there's something which causes... There's something which causes, like, recurrence, right? Like, there's mixing up, uh, like, throughout time, such that you'll randomly eventually get all possible states. This means, using the anthropic principle, we could say that coincidentally they line up. And at that point at which they line up, that's the point at which you get minds and bodies that actually make sense. I... I... Don't agree with all of that, especially since I think the anthropic principle is bullshit. But the uh, but the bit about about them having starting conditions that are very simple and the, and just like you know through the natural generation of realities, if that's a thing um, that you're also supposing um, that them just happening to coincide that that one that's at least an interesting idea and it's not invalid. Um, you can't do this without a lot of bullshit. But you can do it with less bullshit. Well, than you life. have trouble doing any kind of dualism without any, without bullshit, and especially <laughs> this kind of dualism. <laughs> but it's certainly interesting, at the very least. <laughs> All right, I've got enough. I've got enough wacky beliefs. I can start a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I, I'm sorry if this is uh, retreading things. So, it's the mind, prop- it mind body problem. Up. <laughs> the mind-body problem it's an issue of figuring out how what we experience interacts with the objective world as in the world outside of ourselves is that good? well yeah it, it's about figuring out how what how our experiences and the objective world interact with each other okay it's about figuring out the relationship between those I two don't ideas. like it when you say the objective world stop saying it like that <laughs> I'm in. I'm in kind of the same boat. Okay, uh, I definitely meant that a little bit informally. I'm, I'm not like. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, yeah, what's yeah. the issue people have with the distinction between objective and subjective? Well, um, actually, maybe I will find. Uh, well, I because I, I, I said this earlier. I don't know if you were here for it. Um, that I think of like objective knowledge and subjective knowledge, like they refer to different methods of obtaining knowledge. Subjective knowledge uh, reflects knowledge gained through like a single point of view, a personal experience, whereas objective knowledge is knowledge that arises independent of a single point of view and usually comes from the aggregate of multiple points of view put together into something that makes sense. Um, There's something he says here. um, uh, Trying to find. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, here's what he says in page 443. Uh, it can be. Why are you uh, doing that accent whenever you mention page? I don't know, because I'm an intellectual. This is my intellectual voice. <laughs> it may be. Um, it may be more accurate to think of objectivity as a direction in which the understanding can travel. And in understanding a phenomenon like lightning, it is legitimate to go as far away as one can from a strictly human viewpoint. I mean, that's just the quote. Um, so, like, um, I don't know, did that answer the question at all? I don't know if it did, might not have. Um, if I, I mean, maybe I should read, 
read that section. Um, but what I remember he was saying, and I don't know if this is relevant to what you're, you're saying now, uh, but he was saying um, that we could describe in some sort of objective way what lightning is or like yeah. the, the light and the energy and such, um, mm-hmm. but we couldn't, without entering into a subjective view, we couldn't describe the experience of observing lightning or like what it would be like for an alien to observe it. Maybe they have a different experience. Is that what you're saying? Maybe I misremembered. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess think what, it is what I you're saying. I'm just typing, sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't quite understand uh, I feel like there's some some difference between how N- Nagel or Nigel, I don't know how you say his name, <laughs> is describing subjective and objective, and the way you're saying it. Yeah, uh, I, I think that I think that this passage here gives a really good description of how Nagel thinks about the objective, the objective nature of things picked out by these cons. Oh wait, actually, I need to go back. <laughs> uh, a Martian scientist with no understanding of visual perception could understand the rainbow, or lightning, or clouds as physical phenomena, though he would never be able to understand the human concepts of rainbow, lightning, or cloud, or the place these things occupy in a phenomenal world. Phenomenal world. The objective nature of the things picked out by these concepts could be apprehended by him, because although the concepts themselves are connected with a particular point of view and a particular visual phenomenology, the things apprehended from that point of view are not. They're observable from the, from the point of view, but external to it. Hence, they can be comprehended from other points of view also, either by the same organism or by others. Lightning has an objective character that is not exhausted by its visual appearance, and this can be investigated by a Martian without vision. To be precise, it has a more objective character than is revealed in its visual appearance. Hmm. Yeah, that's like right above the passage I, I was, I, or the quote yeah. I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is great. Have some of that underlined. So. Um, yeah, I think that's like the groundwork for how Nagel thinks about objectivity. And uh, I think I said in chat earlier um, that I'm totally going to steal that. Um, <laughs> my own way that I think about objectivity because it's really useful. Mm. Yeah, it does seem quite useful. It's talking about the way that you can use slices of reality given to you through um, the phenomenology of your experience to find out about the objective, to find out objective facts, you know? (laughs) Objective facts. To, to, to to, To find out things about reality, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't. Discover the world. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> to yeah. obtain absolute truth. No, I'm just no. Yes. <laughs> to discern absolute truth from finite <laughs> facts within your perceptions. <laughs> Call 1 800 Mind Body today to discover the reality. <laughs> discover the truth. Discover the real truth behind the universe. I have more chips to back. Uh, um, that was way too so if, of a bit to do. If we agree that 
I don't know if we do, but if we agree that um, subjective experience can't be analyzed through an objective lens, or the mind can't um, be properly explained through a materialist conception, what implications are very does different that things? Have? But sorry, but go ahead. Sorry, what? Oh, I said, I mean, those are two different? very different suppositions, but, uh, but, but go ahead. Right. It, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm assuming that that's what Nagel was saying. That that seems to be the case at the very least, yeah. Um, so, so what implications does that have? Because to me it feels very abstract, and I'm not sure what relevance it has to much. But that's, I guess, because I don't know much. Hmm. Well, it's certainly a rather abstract problem. Um, but that doesn't necessarily say much about whether or not it has anything and uh, much of an effect on uh, on anything else. Um, I can't currently think of any instances in which it would like have much of an effect, but maybe I'm just misunderstanding it. I don't know. <laughs> was it just weird? Did the audio do something weird there? It was not just you. <laughs> oh, that wasn't that wasn't just okay. Cool. Yeah, no, hey, maybe everyone. <laughs> no, that was definitely weird for me too. Yeah, I, uh, my my recording like <laughs> something weird happened. I don't know. It's all good. Um, I, I was messing what? with my audio on my end, uh, although I wasn't expecting it to do that. Yeah. It is kind of funny though to me that we we spent more time. Um, we haven't spent that much time talking about the essay itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we well, really haven't. Here's the thing. How, I don't know how to do the whole... How do we talk about the essay itself? I, I have no idea. I mean, there's an <laughs> We go page by own. page and we discuss every little bit. That's how yeah, we do it. I mean, yeah, ironically, though, that is a potential yeah. way that we could go about doing this. Well, yeah. yeah. You, we, you could, we could do that. Paragraph and then talk about it if, if, if you want to talk about it. Or just it's to to I know where to start, though. Yeah, so I guess... I've done it before. It's, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you start at the beginning. Page 435. <laughs> the logic is self-evident <laughs> so do we want to start from the beginning and see if we can sure. gather any new conclusions I'm done but is there anything any particular passage that stood out to someone or that they wanted yeah, to I talk need, about specifically I, I need to complain okay go okay. ahead complain please do fine okay. be a buzzkill okay. No, I love complaining. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, I'm just going to read out my fucking note here. Um, right. It's a little bit long. Nagel seems, to do fine for the most, Nagel seems to do fine for most of this, but starts playing word games with the is and are thing. There's no sense in which the words are is used here. Um, the physicalist perspective is literally the identicality of some set of physical states and events in the mind. To not understand the exact method by which such a statement... I have a question. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you. Could you please also... You have this typed, I'm assuming? Yeah. Can you please post this, like, post it so I can read along with you while... A good idea, yeah. I'm in, like, voice text. Because I cannot... I have a lot of trouble following just, like, talking. Yeah, and I'll, like, stroll through it on the video, too, for you guys. Or it doesn't have to really be straight through, actually. Mm. Okay. I presume oh, yeah. you're talking about yeah. uh, page 447 four, or 14 of 17. 
<laughs> um, yeah, to not understand the exact method by which such a statement is true is not necessarily an invalidation of the statement itself. For example, in number theory, one can often prove that a number which meets some conditions exists without knowing which number it is. Nagel's argument implies the falsitude of such proofs, but they are, after all, proofs. Knowledge often coincides with understanding of that knowledge, but the two sometimes fail to overlap to no detriment of the truthfulness of that knowledge. Nagel even acknowledges this sort of idea on the next page. So frustrating. Wait, so which, what are you talking about specifically? Um, I'm saying that Nagel is criticizing, like, the conception of, I don't know, I guess I should have backed up a little bit. Um, Do you know, like, the actual passage in particular? Because you say something on the next page, which means there's a particular location you're referring to. I would like to know that. Um, (laughs) After all, it may be, after all, it might be. The meaning of physicalism is clear enough. Wait, what page oh, wait. is this? Wait, where, where are you? Page what page? Bottom of page 13 page out of 446. No. 446? Yeah, sorry. The meaning of physicalism is clear enough. Mental states are states. Yeah, oh, the, okay. the meaning of physicalism is clear enough. Mental states are states of the body. Mental events are physical events. We do not know which physical states and events they are, but that should not prevent us from understanding the hypothesis. What could be clearer than the word is and are? But I believe it is precisely the apparent clarity of the word is that is deceptive. Usually when we are told that X is Y, we know how it is supposed to be true. But that depends on a conceptual or theoretical background that is not conveyed by the is alone. And then goes on to talk about how, um, like an example of how is might be untrue. Um, like, like, uh, what is it exactly? Yeah. Um, at the present time, the status of physicalism is similar to that which the hypothesis that matter is energy would have had if uttered by a pre-Socratic philosopher. We do not have the beginnings of a conception of how it might be true. And I think that this is definitely... I think this is definitely um, not a good way of thinking of it, because the there are other ways to understand the truth of a statement, like... There are other ways to understand the truth of a statement, like uh, mental states are states of the body, mental events are physical events, than understanding the exact method by which it is true. I'm sorry, this but, is bugging me because I can't focus on what you're saying because I keep wanting to say it. Just in the future, when you're reading a passage and you skip a bunch and go to a new place, please explain, oh, here's where I'm going to read the next thing. Uh, yeah. Sorry. yeah. I was trying to hard to follow. So, so sorry, but I wasn't, a- I, I hate to interrupt, but I wasn't able to listen to what you're saying because I kept thinking I have to say this thing later. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I'll say this right away. I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to do this without other people getting confused, and it's hard. <laughs> no, it's hard. This is everybody. We're all learning together, unless all anybody is together. a reading club. When else anybody is a reading club expert, I'm not. So. Yeah, I already know. Like oh, man, no, dude, I am, I am like the expert of experts. I've been doing this for years now. It's, I'm just a professional. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Reading Club existed like four years. I am the CEO of ReadingClub.org. <laughs> sorry, you. Yeah, I, sorry, I, I, I am being. Sar- I am being sarcastic. Because you never know. Because maybe you could have been like having Discord Reading Clubs for long periods of time, and you. I feel like I would have started this one if it was something like that. You know. 
Or taking a more active role in its... Um, Readingclub.org does not exist. Wait, Zeppis just posted something. I want to read it, and I can't think when people are talking. <laughs> it's like the Wikipedia <laughs> criticism. Um... <laughs> Huh. What does a map? Yeah, mean? I uh, I agree entirely on that. On that, yeah. Any interesting or theoretically important features of Bass consciousness would be amenable to a third-person observation, other than, of course, how uh, experiencing those would affect I, your perspective. How are you defining important? Yeah, exactly. He says interesting yeah. or theoretically. I think I think they mean for I think they actually know. I think they mean like pre- in a predictive sense. Yeah. But yeah. important. It's like if, even, even, if, even if the nuance gets lost, we we have a general understanding of the experience. Yeah, it's well, not I it's can... not like it's not like we are completely lost about it. Like we don't know. Can it see five hundred meters of five? You know, for example. Also, I do think that if we or are, you know, accepting that um, experience of reality is like this universal property of. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to extend it to matter for now. We'll just say to beings with mammals with brains. Yeah. Um, if, if it is a universal, it, it's not unreasonable to think that there might not be some way to extrapolate from our own experiences to get something like similar to what it would be like to be about. I mean, he even talks about how like we do this with other people who are similar to us, like mm. how we can extrapolate what it's like to be another person. Um, you know, by thinking about how it might relate to our own experiences. Yeah. By thinking of them as us, but different. Um, so, I mean... <laughs> I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like I might actually be wrong about that, right? Like, uh, describe describe the color red and what it is like to see red. Hashtag... I mean, my... But like, yeah, but... Like, <laughs> sensation of red a lot of talk red, red describes a sensory experience not the properties of the input mm-hmm. yeah certainly yes to me to me i don't think he's trying to say that the uh, aspects of it are in, inaccessible i think he's trying to say the experience is inaccessible mm-hmm. so yes. Yes. following that this claim is completely irrelevant in my opinion Hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that's that true. In 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 any predictive sense, it certainly is. Yeah, I don't think understanding this problem with the physicalist theory of mind, with existing physicalist theories of mind, will actually give us particularly more predictive power. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that like understanding the subjective experience of a bat allows us any allows us particularly more um, understanding of how a bat will act and. and uh, what not then uh, then or how things will affect uh, the bat, yes I don't then disagree at all. we can then we can do like then we can understand using our our third person perspective on it I yeah I don't think a subjective like an understanding of a given phenomena or things subjective viewpoint is necessary mm-hmm. at all to gain under like getting like you said predictive power like yeah. objective knowledge think- sense of object knowledge obtained through like whatever empirical mm-hmm. method whatever is sufficiently predictive. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's what what the thing that this ta- um, quoted uh, is uh, is saying. If it's if that's not what it's saying, then it's wrong. Uh, <laughs> 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 Either you agree with me or you're wrong. Yeah. Those are the options. Um, of course, like always. Yes, because my opinion yeah. is fact. 
I think ultimately right. Dennis should <laughs> sorry, sorry, not fact. My opinion is objective reality. It's actual. It's actual truth. It's actual truth. It yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great way of phrasing it. I love that. That's perfect. Fake truth. <laughs> um, would we be able to go back to what was being said about mm-hmm. the is and are thing? Um, sure. I'm not. What, what was the problem one was having? Yeah, okay, so... Okay, so... Nagel makes the claim that in order... In order to properly make claims, like... In order to properly make claims of the form X is Y, right? Um, you have to have an understanding of the sense in which X is Y. But my problem with that is that there's not a sense in which... There's not a sense in which... Uh, let me find the exact wording. There isn't a... There isn't... Okay, so the example that they give is um, matter is energy, right? You have to, In order to understand the statement matter is energy, you have to understand the sense in which that is true, right? Um, like, you have to understand how, you have to understand why, uh, the equation that I haven't memorized that is the full version of E equals MC squared makes sense, right? In order to understand why matter is energy. Wait. I, I actually... Right, because, like, just saying matter is energy isn't particularly descriptive. Matter is energy... It be There's a phys- matter has like a physical form. Energy is just kind of an abstract mathematical concept. Well, that's not true. Energy also has. Uh, that's kind of like saying energy has physical effects, right? Like it has physical. You can describe. I, at least I look at it as you can describe physical effects using energy, but energy itself isn't. I, I, don't know, I would, I would argue that you could understand that something is true or that something acts the way it does without understanding why it does. Yeah. 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 That's true, right? Like, the example that I choose or to give... Maybe. The example that I choose to give is, um, it, like, in, if you're doing a proof in number theory, often situations come up where you say, okay, I need to figure out if... A, I have a list of conditions here, and I need to figure out if some number which meets these conditions exists, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the answer will be yes. And then somebody asks you, okay, which number? And you no, say, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but you know that it exists. You know that if it doesn't exist, then there's a contradiction. Hmm. And Wait. Um, I'm sorry, sorry. I... Uh, sorry, I actually need to cut in quickly. Just uh, for the record, I'm going to need to be leaving around like 4.30, so if we're still discussing around then, Raymond, uh, I, you're going to have to keep recording. Yeah, sure. Okay. I've been recording this whole time, and I have a video, too. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Honest, it just took no effort to set up a video because I'm using OBS. That's fair. Yeah, so, so the point right, is so. that you can understand the truth of a fact without understanding particularities of its truth, you know? Hmm. And wait, is he... I'm sorry, I'm not following completely how that's... Hmm. 
a bit or how uh, sorry you might have to say that like, like yeah. wait, so wait, what is he saying that you're disagreeing with or what okay. I'm, what, what I'm, are you saying? I'm sorry what are you saying that I'm what are you, what are you saying that I'm disagreeing with is that in order to say that x is y you have to understand the sense in which x is y Okay, wait, let me see. Where does he make that claim? Uh, page... Page 447, 14 out of 17, uh, second paragraph, the first one is, like, kind of just, uh, tiny. Well, I mean, he Give does... Me a second he, to oh, he, says, he says, he says, we may not even have a rough idea of how the two referential paths could converge... Um, or what kind of things might converge on. And a three, theoretical framework may have to be supplied to enable us to understand this. Without the framework, an air of mysticism surrounds the identification. So he isn't saying it isn't possible to understand. He just says that there's an air of mysticism when we don't have a full understanding. Just like when you're saying you did the proof, you say, oh, there's a number exists, but I don't know which number it is. I mean, like, it's that air of mysticism, but you still have knowledge, even with, like, not fully comprehending like, everything about that knowledge. I think that's what I'm saying makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. In that case, I actually misinterpreted what he was saying. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so I, I, see what I see what went wrong. What he's saying is that we, we know that we know that the statements mental states are of the body and mental events are physical events are probably true. And we might even know that they're definitely true, but we don't know how they're true, and that's a problem because we need to develop. Right? Yeah, sense. I think that's a really valid. Yeah, that, and that's a good point. I, I may have also mis slightly misunderstood that uh, initially. Yeah, that, that's a really I mean, subtle little thing, and I feel I feel like this is de it's definitely hard to inter the, the perspective that Nagel approaches this from is very subtle. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like he could maybe do with. Saving it a little less subtly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I, I have this note at the top of my uh, notes that says, uh, it took me way too long to realize that Nagel isn't anti-physicalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems oh, to be same. bad at explaining himself uh, in some yeah. ways. Like, just sort of... I mean, to be fair, I mean, like, the thoughts, your thoughts are very difficult to describe on paper. There's obviously going to be a lot of uh, abstraction trying to yeah. communicate anything to another person. Yeah, but that's just basically like saying writing is hard, guys. I don't it know, is I don't know. though. It's it so is. Hard. I mean, it I mean, writing so is. Hard. I mean, writing is hard, but that's not like really a, a valid defense of, of his inability to communicate effectively. That's fair. I've definitely seen it. I've definitely seen viewpoints argued for much more eloquently by other authors. Hmm. Not okay, um, for a while, I thought he was making like he was talking about epistemology, um, but then. The note eight, he's on page four four two or page nine of seventeen. Um, he says nearly halfway, about halfway down. My point, however, is not that we cannot know what it is like to be about. I'm not raising that epistemological problem. My point <laughs> is rather that even to form a conception of what it is like to be about, one must take up the bat's point of view. Hmm. I hate that. I read that wait, like wait, five times. It's wait, not that we this? can't know what it's like to be a bat. It's that we can't understand what it's like to be a bat from the perspective of a bat. Yeah. 
Uh, this is yeah. page 442. Oh, yeah. oh, I see it, I see it. It's like, it's the end of the, like, that top paragraph, I see. I mean, like, we can know what a bat thinks, but we cannot experience what a bat thinks, unless we are a bat. Well, then below with the note, though, I mean, he says, like, um, it may be easier than I suppose to transcend interspecies barriers with the aid of the imagination. For example, blind people are able to detect objects near them by a form of sonar using vocal clicks or taps of a cane. Perhaps if one knew what that was like, one could by extension imagine roughly what it, it was like to possess the much more refined sonar of a bat. The distance between oneself and other persons and other species can fall anywhere on a continuum. So, mm. yeah. um, Which, to yeah. me, because for a while I thought he's making the epistemological claim, but here he says very clearly that he's not. It's not, I guess it's not so much, um, well... It's more like experiential than epistemological, I guess. I guess he's saying. Well, no, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So this this annoys me. Um. Okay, so it says it says here. My point is, rather, that even to form... Okay, no, no, I need to back up. My point, however, is not that we cannot know what it is like to be a bat. Okay? Mm. So, uh, his point is not that we cannot know what it is like to be a bat. Okay. Yes. His point is that we... Is rather that even to form a conception of what it is like to be a bat, and a fortiori... I looked this up, a fortiori... And it means for still for a still stronger reason, right? Okay, so fucking oh yeah, slightly yeah. earlier philosophers and their constant need to goddamn <laughs> <laughs> yeah. French yeah, and Latin. This is, fucking this is French from the seventies. Yeah. This is from the seventies, guys. That's not goddamn it, seventies. Ancient. I don't. And I don't understand it though. Okay, and a fortiori to know what it is like to be a bat. Okay. So you're saying uh, your point is not that we cannot know what it is like to be a bat, it's that we must take up the point of view of the bat to know what it is like to be a bat, and you also argue that you can't take up the point of view of something else. So your argument is that you can't know what it's like to be a bat. God damn it. I, mean, I, just, I, just no, <laughs> I think it's, I don't, I think I don't it's so that's what he's saying. or how bad he describes what he means by what it is like to be a bat. That's the name of the essay, but I feel like he never in it describes it what he means by like that. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think what he's saying is that for us to form, for us to have an idea of what it's like to be about, we have to not take up an objective point of view, but have to insert ourselves as best we can into the that subjective experience. But it's not that we can't do that, but it's that that's what we must do to be able to do that. So you're saying, like, we need to understand the subjective opinion of a bat. Well, not, not the subjective, the subjective experience of a bat. Yeah. We need to leverage the differences between it and our subjective experience. Yeah, like, the the way we imagine on other points of view is to, you know, use what we have available from our own experience. Hey, guys. That's what you said. I just yeah. found on the Wikipedia article for what is it like to be a bat, and a further reading, there's this article from 2002 by some dude that's called Is There Anything It Is Like to Be a Bat? Which is almost certainly a response to this. Yeah, 
So I, I actually wanted to bring this up. Maybe we should not... read that next time. <laughs> Let's just keep this one going. No. I, I, I actually I, I would be opposed, but... I, 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 I really wanted to bring up the possibility. What if talking about... Like, what if internal experience, what if the subjective character of experience is merely some kind of illusion and, like, the fact that we're talking about it and all convinced by it, like, like all of these weird logical properties of it are just a result of the fact that as an idea it doesn't make sense. But it, um, we do experience it, so it must exist in some form. Have any right. of you guys read Wittgenstein's Philosophical Investigations? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting when you were going to... Guys, honestly, that would be a you fun sold your quota. I think, I think once, dude, I honestly fun. think that once we, like, finish up with these smaller subtopics, I would love to dive into that. Yeah, I think, that, one, I think that one's actually a really good, like, first big think, thing to go into. Yeah? yeah oh, and I think we should probably do, like, TLP next week. TLP? Yeah, what? track the trust or whatever. Oh, 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 yeah, I'd be so down. I haven't read it yet, and I know I really should. Sorry, which one's TLP? <laughs> Tractatus Logicus. Oh, right. Trust or something? No, that one. That one. <laughs> yeah. Tractatus Logicus Philosophicus? Tractatus Logicus Philosophicus. Logic, 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 logic. I, I hope that that, I, because it's Latin, I, I hope that that's yeah, not, Latin. I hope that that's not that's a Latin writing and ending. just, and it's just that it was written in the 70s. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Wittgenstein is early 1900s. Okay, so yeah, no, it is just writing in Latin for no reason. Okay. Yeah, it is. That's that's well, what I was hoping it was. It's, 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 I feel like this is an in-joke, that, that writing in Latin is like an in-joke among... <laughs> yeah, no, Latin, Latin and French To, to parody themsel- their self-importance. Yeah, but this was uh, before postmodernism, so... Guys, guys, <laughs> you know what, the concept, the concept of resentment, or whatever it is, resent, like the, the Nietzsche Rizzotto? thing... Yeah. Like it's not resentment; it's resentment. It's like he says it in French or something. Do you guys yes. know what I'm talking about? Although it probably means resentment yeah. anyway, because yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Usually, there's an English equivalent to these words, and either they just don't know what it is, or they're just being assholes. I mean, I, I do appreciate the effort to try and make a term distinct from the common. Use yeah, that's that's sort of a useful thing. Yeah, but nice. also, if you're, do, if you're going to do that, first of all, don't use a fucking word that sounds like a word in the language you're writing it in. <laughs> yeah. no, no, sorry, not don't use a word that sounds like the word that you are trying to distinguish it from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, is it was it Wittgenstein German though? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Wittgenstein. Yes. Hmm. Okay, uh, just for reference, in German, W's are pronounced as V's. Yeah, yeah that's what I say, say Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein. Yeah. I say Wittgenstein, like yeah. a fucking uh, badass over here. To be, I mean, I'm to like, be fair, most people I'm know true, that, it's, that it's pronounced Wittgenstein. I am a true <laughs> intellectual. I pronounce people's names authentically. 
Ooh, is it Stein? Uh, okay, wait. Stein. It's, I, 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 okay, I actually, actually, yeah, to be fair, if we're going to go about, you know, oh, I pronounce it authentically, it's Wittgenstein. It's, it's oh, I'm German. I <laughs> oh, wait, who's the German? Who's the German? Uh, I mean, happy me. I, it's a, it's a German name, but I'm not German. <laughs> wait, how do you pronounce it? I'm actually um, a quarter German. Who are you? Oh, I am, yeah. How do you pronounce it? Huh? Is it a Wait, Wait, can somebody write it in the chat? Oh, oh yeah. I shall happily, happily oblige. No! Wittgenstein. <laughs> yeah. Wittgenstein. He was awesome. He was so cool. He's so cool that, like, his first text was Don't one go on thing, another and, he, and he changed his mind and was like, oh shit, I was totally wrong, and then wrote something else that was completely the opposite of the first thing, because he's that much of a badass. Base. Oh my god. He's yeah. great. He's awesome. Apparently he tried to teach young children and got so frustrated. Oh like, yeah! <laughs> like, no, children are children are awful creatures. Yeah. Oh wait, never mind. This race. this idea is crap. Human uh, yeah. humans are awful. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. I think I... that that one uh, that one comic that someone uh, that someone existential like, comics. Really yeah, existential fun. comics had a thing on that. Yeah, that was great. Oh, can you can you post it somewhere? Yes. I want to see that. Yes, I'm. Yeah. I was actually about to do it, and I was like, "Wait, is this super annoying that I keep doing this?" No, existential uh, comics is great. I love existential comics. Oh my dear god! Oh my god! Oh, here we go. Here we go. It was like a more recent one. All right, all right, all right. Let me, uh, just here. <laughs> just all of the things on Wittgenstein are, are just great. Wittgenstein is just he Ladies, just ladies and gentlemen, I done. have the final solution to philosophy. He Philosophy does. is stupid, and we shouldn't do it anymore. Yes! Exactly, <laughs> though! Well, here's the thing. He can solve philosophy when it's trying to, like, understand facts about the world or facts about existence, blah, blah, blah. He did not solve philosophy in the sense of deciding what we ought to do in this world. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He but you can't. But that's an unsolvable problem. So exactly, like, it's a fun without it's, it's without fun. like without assuming priors that you can't necessarily assume. Uh, how do you do philosophy post Wittgenstein? Very carefully. I think that's a good thing. Wittgenstein's great. How many times are you going to talk about this? As many times as it's relevant, and it's always relevant. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I have to go now, so I'm going to have to listen to the rest of this later. Goodbye. Alright. Okay. The remainder of this recording no longer exists. My apologies. Thank you.